There's a white limousine with Massachusetts plates And on the loose its occupants those 90s prom dates green My tongue and my molar, you're my only consoler You're my midnight buyer in the back of the mire, my world's a comprehensive private diorama Unpunctuated by any comma you got I was a queer balladeer, so proud of our new minivan You know your dad gave all he had, does the best for you just when he can Greenfield Village and a field trip version Of young faces on every person I knew What's up? Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the morning show. My name's Jimmy, and I wasn't here yesterday. Little uh, medical emergency in the family. But we're all good. We're all good. Everything's good. Sorry I missed it. And I missed... And I missed last Thursday. So guess what? That means we get two DraftKings ads this week instead of just one. Boom. I have a mustache now, and I wear sunglasses. Two things that have never been part of my life ever. The Yankees have driven me to complete craziness. So that's life now. I kind of hate wearing sunglasses, though. They may just make my face sweat. I sweat so easily, putting more things on my face. It's always blown my mind that people just, when it's the hottest out, they put stuff on their face. Opposite of what my goal is, because then I just sweat. So what's up? Good morning, everyone. Good morning to uh, Kevin Gartland. Kevin, I don't, maybe I should recognize your name. Norm, Scott, Josh, don't forget the intro. Morning. Josh, did we get you a wrench or did you put a fake you put a fake wrench? I need like uh I need to get you a wrench, but I need to let me figure out your channel name or your email. I guess DM me that or something like that. Anyway, morning to Detroit Dabber, Real D, Steve B, Dylan Vinny. Over on uh Facebook, we got Sally. Good morning, Sally. We got Matt Stoll, AJ Kelly from Australia. Awesome. Enrique, morning. How's it going? I'm having a Godspeed recovery. I was just going to ask you how you're doing, Enrique. Uh, nice to hear. That's good to hear. Todd Father, what's up? AJ Kelly in Australia. I'm watching a lot of Australia TV. I've just been in the mood for it. Um, we got Kyle and Carter in uh, Periscope. Andrew Jensen. Morning, everyone. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, Jimmy, ma'am, do you know how fast you're going to Brian? Yep. Very cop look by me. Um, very cop look. So, Australian TV. How about Australian football? I, I watched a lot of Australian Aussie rules when I was in, uh, when I lived there. Saturday mornings. Um, all right. What do we got today? Talking baseball. Pre-game show, talking Yanks pre-game show, waking Jake, talking Giants, talking Yanks voicemail episode, mansplain baseball elsewhere got an episode out. Um, so there you go. 
We got a good uh, we got a good episode ahead. A little behind the scenes action. Anthony, producer Ant, is helping uh, take notes and find some bullet points and talking points about all these places because uh, someone says, "Is it sunny in there?" No, this is just my new look. I'm hiding my face. I'm going in disguise because the Yankees are so bad. Um, producer Ant's been crushing it because you know getting to a place where. Doing all the research for morning, I was like, well, I need help. Otherwise, I can't do this anymore. So I got help. Ant's been awesome. Uh, I missed yesterday. That was Frontier Ruckus, the band. Um, I like Frontier Ruckus. They have a very... They make me feel like I'm still in 2005 high school sound to them. Uh, all right. Should we, should we get going? I think we'll just get going. Okay, here we go. The town today is let me let me try to get this right. The town today is Nakadish. Nakadish. No idea how to pronounce. Listen to the. I went to a pronounce website and listened to the first thing they gave. Nakadish. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Nakadish. 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 And then I watched some other videos. Some tourist videos. Welcome to Natchitoches, Louisiana. Natchitoches is what I'm what I'm hearing. Louisiana, the oldest permanent settlement in the Louisiana Purchase. Oldest permanent. What was that fact? Was there some some flexy words there? Louisiana, the oldest permanent settlement in the Louisiana Purchase. Okay, the oldest permanent settlement. So that's what I think the trick is there. Um, there's been older ones, but they left. Natchitoches. Let's go look at Google Maps. It's in Louisiana. It was part of the Louisiana Purchase. How about that? Um, dude, the Louisiana Purchase is crazy. It's so cheap. Just so cheap. They basically told Napoleon, who was in a war on another front, like, hey, give us all this land will pay you for it really, really cheap. Otherwise, anytime you send people, we'll just go to war with you. And Napoleon was like, all right, shit, take it. I got bigger things to do. So Natchitoches is in this part of Louisiana. Hey, what's this stretch? Ooh, I don't know how to read maps. What's this? Do you see this light? This light strip right here? Natchitoches is right in the middle of that. What is light, light strip? mean on the map does anyone know I mean it's got to be the topography does that mean less trees flood flood plain it's a plain it's a rip no river's blue I know, I know that river's blue. Okay, no trees, flood plain. So Natchitoches is on a flood plain. There's no trees there. Uh, let's see. It's by uh, Cane River. It's by the Red River. And it's got the Sibley Lake next to it. That's cool. What a weird shape this town is. Look at all the waterways. Yeah, guess it is floody. Valley made by the river. I think you guys got it. Appreciate the help. 
That's why I need the live audience. Oh, this, the Sibley Lake looks cool. A lot of coastline. What's this? What's this? We got the number four etched into the land. Just a dirt road. Just a dirt road. Sibley Lake. Anyone ever been? Nikki's Mexican Takeout. Looks good. What's this green strip? What's this very green strip of land? Is that like a really manicured? Like it looks like they cut the grass real nice. Is that someone's lawn? It's so green. It looks like where you'd usually have a beach, but it's just perfectly green. I have that song stuck in my head. Just some nice grass. Wow, we found it. Let the dog run there. Perfect grass. A little breeze from the Sibley Lake. Just the most beautifully manicured grass in between a lake and a highway. Not where you expect it. Good for them. Great job. Uh, okay, what else? Is there anything else on here? Should I go to uh, the talking points? I think so. We do have um, drone footage of, how do you say it? Natchitoches. Established in 1714 by Louis Girecourt de as part of the French Louisiana. The community was named after the indigenous Natchitoches people. I'm saying it like a... Just an expert now. Um, it looks like they maintain the dam pretty well. Someone, oh, a levee airstrip. Took my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. And those good old boys were drinking whiskey and right, singing this will be the day that I die. Did you write the book of love? Do you have faith in God above? It is the oldest permanent settlement in the region. Nacogdoches' sister city is Nacogdoches. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce the sister city. <laughs> Nacogdoches. Uh, it looks like Nacogdoches. Extra alicali, fragilistic, Nacogdoches uh, in Texas is a sister city. During the Civil War, uh, Nacogdoches was set on fire by the Union soldiers who retreated through the town after their failed attempt to capture Shreveport. Confederate cavalry pursued the fleeing soldiers and arrived in time to help extinguish the flames. That'd be pretty quick. Before the, t I mean, they just got like, they don't have hoses or fire trucks. They just got buckets and water. I'm, I don't think it was that on fire anymore. Um, Alexandria was destroyed by Union troops in 1864, but both Union and Confederate troops were responsible for severely damaging plantations along the ri river during the war. So it just got fucked up. Civil War. Both sides. Both sides didn't really handle it with care. Wow. Rude. Uh, Natchitoches was the site of the gas pipeline explosion in 1965 that killed 17 people. Bummer. Multiple movies have been shot here. Okay. Exciting. The Horse Soldiers. Never seen it. 
Cane River. Never seen it. Steel Magnolias. Um, is that the one with Dolly Parton? In? Steel Magnolias. It is. It is. It is. I watched a little bit of that the other day while I was cooking. Because I figured here's an old movie I'll just put on. Bunch of women in a town getting married. Sally Field. Love Sally Field. Gidget. Uh, the Man in the Moon. And 12 Years a Slave. It was all filmed there. Wow. Uh... Oh. Every time I try to say it, I have to... Natchitoches. Natchitoches was ranked the poorest town in Louisiana. Damn. Brutal. And Brittany Rogers. Miss Louisiana 2003 was from there. Natchitoches. Looks pretty nice. This is the poorest town in Louisiana. The drone shots make it look mighty pretty. Like we've seen some some bad towns. This one looks pretty cool. Jimmy cooking while watching Sally Field movies. Hashtag wholesome. I live a pretty wholesome life. Um, I didn't finish Steel Magnolias because their accents were too fake for me, and I didn't like that. But Sally Field, she debased. Um... He burned Savannah. Who are we talking about over here in the chat? Who are we talking about? Death pod, war and fire. Who burned Savannah? Savannah didn't get burned. Sherman. Savannah didn't get burned. Savannah is one of the only towns that Sherman didn't burn because they were like, dude, we don't, we, all we care about is Savannah. Like, you can come on through. You can take over the town. We don't care. And then Sherman came in Savannah and then left. He burnt every other town, burnt Richmond. burnt. But Savannah survived the Civil War quite nicely because they cared about Savannah more than anything else. They're like, hang out. Chill. You want to hang out in Savannah on your way to the war? Cool. Do it. Here's all our guns. Here's all our ammo. Take it. And I was like, all right, cool. That's why Savannah has a... That's why Savannah's so cool, man. It's so old. And Savannah... Hey, this isn't about Savannah. Cut the shit, Jimmy. It's about Natchitoches. Louisiana. We'll do Savannah another time. Gotta stop. Leading me into Savannah talk nonstop. Well, that was Natchitoches, Louisiana. And, uh, you know, we're all better to have now learned about it. And that's all I have to say about that. Random baseball player of the day is brought to you by DraftKings. And, um, okay, uh, with football. Okay, ready? 
With football right around the corner, there is no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Maybe if the Yankees were a football team, we'd see it. Well, burn Well, for week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you would still cash your bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101 points for all users. So, even if Kansas City loses by 100 points, you will still win big with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's a no-brainer. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes. All users run to their fire-free football survivor pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBO to take advantage of this no-brainer of an offer. That's promo code JOMBO to get in on all the action. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Our random baseball player of the day today is Pete O'Brien. Shares a last name with me. Wears a blue hat and blue turtleneck. Sometimes. In the picture we have of him, he did it. Um, Pete O'Brien. Pete O'Brien. Guess what Pete's dad's name was. First one to guess it guesses it. First one to guess it guesses it. (laughs) <laughs> BVD, that made me laugh in the YouTube chat. Uh, first one, uh, Brian. Jim. Josh, got it. Yeah, Jim O'Brien. His uh, dad's name was Jimmy O'Brien, and his his uh, mother's name was Janice O'Brien. Some alliteration. Uh, they had seven children, but they didn't name them all Jays. They should have done that. Speaking of names, hey, BVD, how cool is the name Joan Cohn? It's David Cohn's mom's name he always talks about on... She, she married into that. Do you think she had any hesitations? What? Joan Cohn. It's like the cool version of Julia Guglia, which is from Never Been Kissed. Do you think Joan Cohn had any reservations when she married in Zero. David? Zero. I can't even believe you're asking that. It's a cool name, right? She had no reservations. Joan Cohn. Okay. What do you got in here? <sighs> what you keep in here, huh? Not much. Oh, Pete O'Brien. Yeah. He's a first baseman outfielder. Played for the Rangers, Indians, and Mariners. His dad's name was Jimmy O'Brien. Is there a more recent? Pat O'Brien. Peter O'Brien, the Yankees prospect that mashed that went to the Marlins, I believe. This guy was part of a multiplayer trade to the Cleveland Indians for Julio Franco. Cat scratch beeper today. I have the razor. A yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little electric thing with yeah. a sideburn thing. <laughs> oh, no. They're both razors, electric razor. Jake's got to get a cat scratch in his eyebrow. 
Lost a bet. Uh, in the final year of his contract at 1993 at age 35, O'Brien was primarily designated hitter because Tino Martinez took over first base, and then um, he was released to make room for Edgar Martinez as the Mariners were like, we're good now, we're good now. Let's go look at Pete O'Brien's uh, stats and stuff. He was a lefty and a lefty. He was born on February 9th in Santa Monica, California. That's cool. Whoa, his agent was Larry O'Brien. You think that was all relative or an easy sell by the agent? Buddy, <laughs> practically family. Uh, all right, so he got MVP votes in 1986. Let's see how many he got because sometimes these are bullshit. Five votes. Roger Clemens and Don Mattingly won. Jim Rice got some votes. Wow, the AL East. Dominated the AL MVP voting. Boston, New York, Boston, Toronto, Toronto. Oh, look at this. Out of the top 10 MVP candidates in 1986, out of the top 10, seven were in the AL East. Clemens, Mattingly, Rice, Bell, Barfield, Boggs, Rigetti. Seven of the top ten MVP candidates came in the AL East. What gives other leagues? Be better. Be a little better. Um, all right, let's find his stats for Hall of Famers. Obviously, that's what we're going to do. Versus Hall of Famers. All right. Uh, Jack Morris. Do you guys have this on your screen? Should I zoom in a little for you? Here it is. Jack Morris. He had pretty good numbers versus Jack Morris. He had an 889 OPS and a 416 on base percentage with three homers. He popped Burt Blylevin three times with a uh, 263 batting average. Ooh, Necro. He liked him some Phil Necro. Who'd he do awful against? 0 for 8 against Randy Johnson. 1 for 3 against Jim Palmer. He got a home run off Gaylord Perry and Steve Carlton. Nolan Ryan, 3 for 21. That's probably his worst against a guy he actually got at bats against. Yeah. Nolan Ryan diced him up. Nolan Ryan versus Pete O'Brien. With the game on the line. Um Do you think YouTube has like Pete O'Brien highlights? Pete O'Brien Mariners. Okay. He was part of a triple play. Ground ball right to Martin. Triple play time. Reynolds to O'Brien. What a call. How quick this announcer got triple play time in is pretty impressive. Ground ball right to Martin. Triple play time. Reynolds to O'Brien. Triple play time. Triple play time. Actually, I genuinely like that. Not being ironic. Um. Ooh, here's a different Peter O'Brien and his uh, uh, <laughs> about me. 
This is not the same Pete O'Brien. Hi, thank you for visiting my website. My name is Peter O'Brien, and this year will be my 10th year with Cobble Banker in residential real estate. If you're looking for a top producer to help you find a new home or sell your existing home, please consider me. I've been in the top 10 agents for production and customer satisfaction with Cobble Banker since I started here. In this real estate market, you need to have a professional like me who is familiar with short sales and bank-owned properties. Over half the homes sold in Jacksonville last year were considered distressed properties. I work hard to make sure that your family gets a great deal on your purchase, and if you are selling your home, we will work together to capture every dollar we can for you. Thank you for visiting my website, and remember to protect your green with Peter O'Brien. Anchor since I started here. In this real agency for production and customer satisfaction, you need to have a professional like me who is familiar with short sales and bank-owned properties. Over half the homes sold in Jacksonville. I've been in the top 10 agents for a top producer to help you find a new home or sell your existing home. Please consider me. 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 All right, that was Peter. That was Peter O'Brien's real estate pitch. Uh, from March 13th of 2013, um, 12 views. But if you're in the Jacksonville area looking to do whatever real estate, uh, hit them up, you know. O'Brien's helping O'Brien's. That's what this show has been about from the start. Let's move on to the book. Book. And that's all I have to say about that. Bukowski. I decided to do uh, Bukowski. I decided also... I uh, I uh, I lived a, a Ted Kuzer poem this morning. We were on the bus. Where's all my books? Where's all my books? Uh, I was on the bus and um, classic Kuzer poem moment. Um, the engine stopped. We came. the The wheels stopped, and then the engine stopped, and then the driver was just like jamming the key in, in the bus and twisting. That was like his only weapon uh, to try and get the bus to go again. So then everyone on the bus started looking around and like, you know, you just, your eyes kind of go up and then you start looking around and, uh, and the guy across from me, older gentleman, gray hair, looked like, you know, probably thick Italian accent is how I wanted to picture him. Got pink shirt on, nice shoes. And he looked at me and kind of shrugged like, mm. you know, we made eye contact. He didn't care. He was very reassuring. He was like, I got nowhere to be. I don't care. And then the woman all the way to my left her and I made eye contact and you kind of have all these conversations just through eye contacts. And she like clutched her purse and was like shifting her weight. Like I got to get off this bus. If we're going to get stuck here. And she looked at me for like assurance. Like, are you getting off too? Like, this is bad, right? Our mornings are ruined. And I just kind of looked back at her and I mimicked the old man. I just kind of shrugged at her and like, oh, I don't care, whatever. And then the guy started churning the engine even more, and then the bus started going again. But there was that slight moment where everyone on the bus was just looking at each other, having conversations with their eyes. And I was like, this is Ted, Ted Kuzer poem. That's a moment. That's a mundane moment in life that happens. You just make up backstories, you know. Maybe she's going to pick up her kids, um, and she doesn't want to be late. Maybe the old man... He literally just rides the bus every morning because he wants to see people and he's got nothing else to do. So getting broken down doesn't matter to him. That's how you do it, guys. I started writing it. I started writing it. I started writing a little poem uh, all about it. You know, you just make up the backstories. Ted, I was getting my Ted Kuzer on. Just a life moment on the bus. Uh, Bukowski. Here we go. I got to I use the book. 
I use the book to hold up my monitor, my second monitor, so it gets a little higher. Um, okay. Serena said poems, my favorite part. Nice. Uh, Detroit Dabber threw out a page 29. Let's see. Bukowski. You never know what you're going to get with Buk. You know, we could get some gross shit. We can get some sexist shit. We can get some really dated stuff. 29 is way too long. 46. Number 46. Schoolyards of Forever. It's kind of long, too. Three pages. 142. Yeah, books. Uh, this book is a, a long one. 142, 142. Sup, everybody. Hope you're having a good morning. Only one page here. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Got to read. It's called In in a Neighborhood of Murder. Use that face, Katie. Uh, In a Neighborhood of Murder. The roaches spit out paper clips. And the helicopter circles and circles, smelling for blood. Searchlights leering down into our bedroom. Okay. So the helicopters are searching for a murderer, is my guess. Five days in this court have... Five guys in this court have pistols and a machete. We are all murderers and alcoholics. But there are worse in the hotel, across the street. They sit in the green and white doorway... Banal and depraved, waiting to be institutionalized. Okay, so now it seems like he's in the courthouse with a bunch of other criminals. Here we have, here we each have a small green plant in the window. And when we fight with our woman at 3 a.m., we speak softly. And on each porch is a small dish of food, always eaten by morning. We presume by the cats. Okay, is he in jail or is he in like, um, is he in jail with a bunch of murders? Five guys in this court of pistols and another a machete. So I'm guessing the five guys with pistols he's talking about are like cops, security, and another a machete. And we are all murderers and alcoholics. But there are worse in the hotel across the street. They sit in the green and white doorway waiting to be institutionalized. People that have left the courtroom waiting to go to prison, or are we doing metaphors here? We each have a small green plant in the window, and when we fight with our women at 3 a.m., we speak softly, and on each porch is a small dish of food always eaten by the morning, we presume by the cats. I don't know, man. Insane asylum? Is he just comparing the mundane nine-to-five life to insane asylums? I think he's definitely just saying, you know, in in our own way, we're all murderers. Murdering ourselves, murdering our own lives, murdering uh, the people we're in love with. Seems like a negative poem. Um, Okay. In, the, in a neighborhood of murder. 
pretty dull outlook on society. Charles. That's that. I think I like Coozer more these days. I don't know. All right. That's the show. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Had fun today. We'll be back tomorrow. And maybe, just maybe, we'll have fun again. Bye. Love you guys. See ya. My tongue and my molar, you're my only consoler, you're my midnight buyer in the back of the mire, yeah. My world's a comprehensive private diorama, unpunctuated by.